Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Shadow Walker, Chapter 4. He could feel himself drifting in and out of consciousness. He was aware that the car was standing on his nose, and he was against the windshield and a dash with the steering wheel poking him on the stomach. The blood trickled down his face and burned his eyes. His head pounded, and he could only manage to stay awake for a few seconds before he was unconscious again. He did manage to catch bits and pieces of Lucy's escape from the car. Eventually, he felt himself being pulled out, laid on a stretcher, and he heard conversations about the seriousness of his head wound being had by the paramedics. Okay, am I? He managed to ask one of them. He shut his eyes and immediately felt like he was going faster than a jet through space toward a bright light. The light was so brilliant, he couldn't look directly at it. The closer he got, the brighter it got. Golden white with a comforting warmness that gave him the most warm, secure, peaceful feeling he had ever felt. All of his senses were working. He could not only feel the warmth, but smell a beautiful aroma and hear the sounds of sweet music on instruments he had never heard before. Suddenly, what had been feeling his senses stopped. The warmth, the light, the music, the aroma, and the inner peace feelings were gone. The scene instantly went black, cold, and scary. Keith had goosebumps on his arms. He knew he had died, but was amazed how everything still seemed to be working. Now the emotion of fear hit him. Was he going to hell? The most incredible feeling of guilt and shame hit him next like slamming against a brick wall at a hundred miles per hour. He instantly saw everything he had ever done that went against those things he'd always known were not right. The drugs, the sex, the disobedience to his parents. Like the big hill on a massive roller coaster, he was now experiencing that falling feeling. Just when he sensed he was about to be splattered like a watermelon dropped from the top of a high building, he found himself standing in a brilliant gold and white room. The warmth and feeling of peace returned just as quickly as they had disappeared. He glanced around the room, which he knew had a ceiling, but it was so high he could barely make it out. Keith came a thundering but pleasing voice from seemingly nowhere. Do not be afraid. He turned 360 degrees to see if he could find where the voice was coming from. All he could see were the solid gold doors to the room brilliant white marble floor and walls and the constant glowing that lit the room. 
Am I in heaven? He asked timidly. No, Keith, you're not. But it's so beautiful here. I feel so good, so peaceful. You are at the entryway to heaven, boomed the voice. Can you not imagine how glorious it must be to be on the other side of those doors? Keith glanced at the doors and their golden brilliance. Please let me go through the doors, please, he said. You will, said the voice, much softer now. The Lord God heard your prayer and has forgiven your sins. Then why can't I go through the doors? Haven't I died? There was no response from the voice. Keith suddenly found himself floating high above a room. There were people sitting in chairs. Most of them were wearing black. He focused more intently on the room, and it became apparent that he was looking at, obviously, his own funeral. At the front of the chapel-looking room was a casket. In order to move, he simply had to will himself to go forward or come down closer to the people. He did so. It was only feet above the minister who stood at the podium to the side of the casket. He was lying there, neatly tucked in. His hands looked wax-like and pale as they gently rested on his stomach. He turned to look at the people that were there to say goodbye to him. His father, with a tear-stained face, held his mother tightly while they sat side by side in the front row. There were relatives, friends from school, and in the very back of the room, Lucy. As quickly as he had been transported to that scene, he was instantly back in the white and golden room. Does that answer your question? said the voice. I see that I've died, but what now? It is not God's will for you to be here yet, said the voice. Are you God? he asked. No, you have not heard his voice, but you will in due time. Now, you will go back to earthly life. Seek the Lord's will, and you will find it. Remember, God loves you. For now, you will walk in the shadows of heaven. Keith could feel the presence that had been speaking to him leave the room. He felt tired. He sat on the floor and eventually felt compelled to lie down. It was warm. The marble floor was amazingly comfortable. The sleep he was entering felt so good. He had absolutely never felt such content and peace. Deeper and deeper he fell asleep, but the sleep seemed like it was being cut way too short by the poking he was receiving to his chest. Wake up, Martin. Huh? Keith jumped up. Wake up, Martin, said a boy of maybe four years old. He was wearing a Pokemon pajama top and pajama pants with feet in them. Breakfast, said the little boy. Keith was confused. He looked around the room. There was a full-size poster of Britney Spears wearing some very, very tight jeans and a glittering gold halter top on one wall with a poster of the band U2 on the other. There was a stereo in the corner of the room and a TV with a DVD player in another corner. The dresser was along the third wall with a mirror. 
Come on, Martin, breakfast, said the little boy again, pulling on Martin's t-shirt down. He looked down at his arm to see a Timex Iron Man watch. that were on him off and stood up. Something was different. Everything looked, well, lower. He walked over to the dresser at first and jumped, thinking someone else was in the room. Slowly, he began to realize it was him. His curly blonde hair was now straight and brown. No doubt about it. He was over six feet now. His body was buff well defined. Martin, breakfast time. It's getting cold. Come on, eat, came the voice from a female far below, obviously downstairs. See, I told you, breakfast, said the little boy. He followed the little boy down the stairs into the breakfast table and sat down. The smell of bacon and eggs filled the air. The woman, who looked to be in her late thirties, was already washing a skillet and coffee pot. Martin, she said, fix your little brother a plate while I finish up, okay? He didn't respond. Martin? She turned to look to see if he was okay. Yes. Mom, he stuttered hesitantly. She turned back around and went back to work. There was a plate full of scrambled eggs and a stack of bacon in the center of the table. Martin scooped some of the eggs and two pieces of bacon onto a plate and set it in front of the little boy. Breakfast. I want breakfast. It's my favorite, said the boy. Keith pretended, or was it Martin pretended, or was it Keith pretended to eat? and took his plate to the woman when he was finished. His mind reeled with what was happening. He had been told two things. One of those was to seek God's will, and the other was that he was not ready for heaven. Why, thank you, Martin, said the woman when he brought her his plate. It must not have been like whoever he was now to do that sort of thing to the stairs and up to the room where he had just recently awoke. He pushed play on the CD player, and Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses screamed, Take me home! Thank you for listening. Join us next time as we continue with Shadow Rock. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.